Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used or just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hi, this is Richard Jacobs with Future Tech Podcast. Um, I guess today is Gavin Wilhite, the founder of Altspace VR. Gavin, how are you doing? Doing fantastic. Thanks for uh, thanks for hosting us. Yeah, I appreciate you coming. So, just let listeners know what what does uh, Altspace VR do? Yeah, so Altspace VR is a communication platform that uses virtual reality. We essentially have an application that runs on all the uh, most of the major consumer VR headsets. Uh, so, if you put on one of these headsets and boot up the app, you can feel like you're uh, standing in front of somebody, regardless of where they are on, on the planet. You can use this for sort of doing the equivalent of phone calls, or you can sort of be playing board games with people. We also do large events like comedy shows. So, all right, when you um, when you communicate with someone, I mean, we're communicating right now by phone. If I have, right. um, I know, an Xbox One or a, a PS4, can I communicate mm-hmm. with you by? It, does it go cross-platform? Is what I mean. Like, what's it, what's the the effect of this communication? How does it work? Yeah, yeah. So it's cross-platform, but what we'll normally do is, so there's a there's sort of like a wide range of different VR devices that have come out in the last couple of years. So some of the more common ones will be uh, Oculus Rift, people may have heard of, uh, HTC Vive. Both of those will run on normally desktop computers. Uh, so you'll sort of plug those in, you like put on a headset, you have these controllers. Uh, and so you're, you sort of feel like you're in a different world when you put those on. Uh, there's also a sort of mobile class of VR headset. So that'll be things like Gear VR, which is from Samsung, or a Daydream, which is from Google. So essentially, if you have a high-end Android cell phone, or if you have a gaming computer, you can buy a VR headset that goes with it. And then that's where our application will run. Uh, we also have the ability to, if you don't have a VR headset, we have sort of like a screen mode that you can use, which will work on just like a normal laptop, you know, Mac, Windows. It'll also work across a variety of Android devices. But obviously, it's a little bit more compelling if you have the VR headset. Well, right now, an issue I see is that um, some games or VR experiences, they're not set up where players can talk to each other. So is this mm-hmm. a way for players to talk to each other regardless of whether the game platform or the VR experience supports it? It is It is an application in and of itself. So when you're in Altspace, you are sort of in Altspace. But what we've done is we've put a lot of effort into making sure that we have, you know, really high quality audio, say, as you say, right? So if we were having this conversation in Altspace instead, first of all, I'd be able to sort of see you in front of me and you'd have some sort of avatar representing you. So you look sort of like a cartoon character, or like a caricature, or sort of like a representation of yourself. Uh, you can sort of customize some basic options. Uh, but the important thing is that we would, 
you know, first of all, we could be sitting on top of a mountain or sort of in a Zen garden while we had this, but also we'd have positional audio, right? So if we were standing close together, we'd be able to sort of hear each other loudly. If we are wandering around the space, you could sort of hear our voices fall off. Other people could be having a conversation over in the corner uh, and we could go join them if we wanted to. Uh, and especially if we, you know, probably not for our call here, but if you're connecting with a loved one, say it's really nice to be able to sort of have that personal connection where you can like sort of be standing next to someone or sort of like being whispering behind someone's ear and like really feel like you're, you're sort of physically present with them. So not only can you communicate, but it, it emulates more how real communication is audio wise. And then it sounds like you could set up conversations and invite other people or do a public, you know, in a public space, quote unquote, or a private conversation. It sounds like you could set like quote unquote room, room parameters. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah. So you can have sort of public or private events. Some examples of those would be, so we'll have like meetup groups for different things. So there's like a, there's like a Spanish immersion uh, group that meets. And so there'll be people from uh, sort of Spanish speaking countries that will join uh, as well as people from English speaking countries. And they'll be all in the room together. And so they'll sort of have half of the meetup where the, the Spanish folks will be trying to learn English and half the meetup will be English people trying to learn Spanish. And the nice thing there is that, you know, everybody can sort of aggregate into like the middle of the room for people to sort of go over sort of ground rules and talk about the sort of uh, logistics. But then people can sort of scatter around the different place and have their private conversations without having to like dial into a different line or like jump onto a different Skype hangout. Uh, it makes it a lot easier than trying to sort of aggregate everybody on the same line like you normally would with an existing platform. Um, is this just for like face-to-face conversations or is it, um, with the avatars, would you use this when playing a game? Um, you know, Mm -hmm. what kinds of VR experiences besides this like cafe setting are you envisioning? Yeah. So one of the things that we have is we have, we've created what are essentially like holographic web browsers. So there's ways that you can build web pages that a normal web page is sort of two-dimensional. You have sort of text and images but there's ways of creating 3D web content. Uh, uh, one of the libraries people use is 3JS or A-Frame. And so we built the ability to have those web pages sort of float in front of you like they would like a hologram in Star Wars. Now they have like holographic chess in there. So we have, you know, somebody built a chess game in 3JS that, allow, that sort of floats in front of you. You can play these sort of lightweight web-based games uh, one of the most popular ones that we have is, have you heard of Cards Against Humanity? Uh, no, I haven't. Uh, Tell me about it a little bit. Yeah, it's like a, it's a, it's a, let's see, what's the word? It's a, a, a slightly crude humor, but it's a very sort of amusing card game that people will play. Normally it's, you know, people will get together four or five of their friends and, you know, have some, uh, uh, have some uh, sort of delightful evenings sort of playing this game. It like prompts you to sort of say outrageous things. But somebody built a version of that that runs as a web page. And so people will sort of like to spawn in a web browser with that and play it amongst their friends. So it's less for sort of big AAA gaming experiences, more for the kind of uh, casual get togethers that you would expect if you're trying to connect with friends who are uh, in a different place. That's cool. So I, I see what you mean. It gives you like a common area that you can hang out and look at things together. And maybe, I mean, it sounds like I know the business application is probably meetings and everyone drawing on a whiteboard and, you know, or exactly. seeing a presentation and that kind of stuff. But yeah. it's more interactive That's, than what's currently out there, it sounds like. Exactly. And, you know, fundamentally it works just for one-on-one, you have that, um, 
that sort of human audio connection and sort of the physical presence that I was talking about. But where it really shines is when you have more than, you know, four or five people, you know, we all know how sort of frustrating that is on a Skype call or a conference line. Uh, that's really like we host, um, we have like meetings that we host internally at our company and, you know, we'll have meetings of 40 people in alt space and it you know works way better than trying to get people in on a, on a phone line. Why does it work better, by the way? Is it because I can see you or your avatar and there's visual cues on when I should speak or not? What, why is it less uh, of a cacophony than on phone or sure. Skype? Yeah. So, you know, there is that, that visual presence. So even if everybody says in a big circle, you can sort of see who's talking and like, you can like look to your left or look to your right. Right. So it's like not constrained by a, you know, whatever it is, a 20 inch monitor or even like a 40 inch television. It's really, you can look in all directions. And so you have a lot more flexibility with the like spatial placement of people, just like we would in like a regular office setting being around a, a board table or whatever it might be. Um, but you can also start building in little, little social applications that work well too. So for example, somebody built a uh, like a agile retrospective tool. So it's again one of these sort of lightweight 3D web pages, but it allows you to like have what's essentially like a software defined meeting, where it'll like prompt you. It'll be like, how do you feel about uh, you know the velocity last sprint? How do you feel about sort of team cohesion? And so you can like vote anonymously, and it'll aggregate the data, and it's sort of running the meeting through this web page. Right? But it, it, it's guiding the social interactions of the of the folks who are involved. Well, talking about social interactions, um, do you see in the future that the avatars would have expressions? I mean, <laughs> this could be good or yeah. bad, but I was right. picturing what you're saying. You know, the avatar talking. But if you look right. at the other avatars, they're just sitting there. Uh, would it be mm -hmm. helpful, you think, to make it a real interaction of the other avatars yawn or look bored or interested? <laughs> or if there's a way to, a great... to end it in? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, so there's there's two things. So let's see. Um, we try pretty hard not to show information that we don't know. So like if we don't know what sort of emotional affect you have, if you're like angry or sad or happy, we try not to uh, like guess because you can have some pretty awkward situations where, you know, someone's frowning at you, but like really doesn't. And like that can lead to some like pretty deep misunderstandings or even if someone's like trying to be serious, but their face is smiling, it just, it gives you that really uncanny sense and it sort of breaks down communication. So what we'll do instead is at least for right now, you know, it'll be, and the second thing I'll talk about is, is as the sensors get better. Uh, but for right now, what we'll do is we have a emoji system. So it's like easy to just sort of like pop up like a smiley face or a frowny face or a, you know, a heart above your head. And that allows this um, sort of very clear form of emotional communication uh, that that doesn't involve us sort of like guessing and, and sort of pasting expressions on you. So you could um, take the temperature. Of, let's say you're giving a speech or a presentation or you're talking. Mm -hmm. You can you can you re request like a, a survey of the feeling of everyone in the room or is it that just that information just pushed to you as you talk or how would it work? Yeah. So, um, so just sort of visually what's involved is if you sort of like press the heart button, it'll like, just sort of like, it's as if there was like a little like fireworks explosion of hearts above your head will sort of, uh, sort of explode up. And so what a lot of the performers will do is, um, so like one of the comedians that we have in there is, uh, his name is Reggie Watts. Uh, he's come through a couple of times. And so he'll just sort of, 
you know, just how you would kind of like rally the crowd at like an event, you know, asking for applause or trying to encourage, you know, reactions. It'd be like, show me your emojis, right? And then, you know, thousands of people will be sort of like spitting up the hearts or whatever it might be. Um, so funny. it sort of allows you to visually gauge the room. Yeah, exactly. If you're a rapper, you say throw your your MFing emojis up in the air, like you just don't care. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's really fun. Uh, other events that we have is so like, let's see. Last week, um, we brought in uh, Bill Nye. So he was down, I believe cool. he was in Los Angeles. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, so he has a new book that just came out and he has this uh, television show that he's been working on. So he came in and we made him a custom avatar with his bow tie and everything. And uh, one of our artists made some nice environments for his talk. So sort of as he was talking about uh, climate change, all these windmills started popping up behind him and there was different weather systems sort of going over the different things. So that was, it brings, brings some life to the talks in a fun way. So what kind of uh, audiences or people or applications are you seeing like this the most and are taking it on the quickest and which ones are hesitant? Yeah, that's a great question. So, you know, the audience, something we, we do, we care very much about having a sort of diverse audience because, you know, there's, there's ways in which we could, you know, very clearly target, you know, gamer demographics or, or sort of like early tech adopters. And, and those are, you know, an, a large percentage of the folks that interact with us, but especially in the types of programming that we have, we try to re- reach a larger audience. The things that seem to be clicking at the moment is, and this, this sort of surprised me coming in because, you know, I had preconceived notions about VR, you know, you see movies like the matrix and it's all sort of gritty and cyberpunk, right? Uh, but the emotion that seems to be resonating the most with people is humor. Yeah. And that shows up in the applications that people are using and the, the events that they're going to. And I think it's just because, you know, there's like, we, we, we care a lot about laughing and we'll go, you know, pretty far out of our way to, you know, drive over to friends' houses or, you know, pay money to go to comedy shows and being able to just like instantly switch on sort of a funny, jovial social situation. Uh, just comes with it seems a lot of inherent value to people. So so uh, that seems to be resonating. And then as far as people, you know, it's a pretty wide range. It's really fun because like I was in there a couple of days ago and going through. We have this like hedge maze that you can go through, and ended up it was like myself, someone from uh, New York, and then someone from Tennessee. And so we were all sort of carrying on, and it was fun to. It's it's like very rare that you get to like feel like you're sort of standing right in front and having a conversation with someone who's like coming from like a slightly different cultural context or, you know, you can get that when you're traveling, but even when you're traveling, it's like, you're usually staying to like relatively well-trodden sort of uh, paths or hotels or whatever it might be. But it's like a fun way of sort of seeing different cultures together. And, you know, sometimes it's, sometimes it's a little challenging, you know, you'll get, um, uh, but so we've, we've built in some features to like, you know, help people sort of maintain um, sort of average guesses around what people expect from social space and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but, you know, you just inherently get some really interesting interactions when you have someone from the U.S. standing next to someone from Brazil, standing next to someone from Saudi Arabia, and get some really, really fascinating conversations out of it. So when's the uh, the porn industry going to get a hold of this? I'm sure that uh, they're always the first adopters of this kind of stuff. Yeah, well, um, you know, <laughs> no, no comment in regards to the alt space, but the, um, you know, definitely something that it seems like people are interested in and, 
Uh, no, I'm just you know, as far as, that, you know they, yeah, like I said, yeah, they're yeah, always the first adopters, so I'm sure that they are. You know, they'd be interested so what, in this stuff, but you don't have to say it's fine. No, it is. And, you know, there is um, sort of at a, at a meta point on that. Uh, one of the things that's important to us is, you know, we have mo- a lot of alt spaces driven by the web. And so fundamentally, you know, whatever, whatever you do in a private space, that's up to you. You know, you are driving the content. We are not the gatekeepers for any of that kind of stuff. So just keep it out of the public eye and have your fun. So it seems like, so are you going to be creating, it, seem, it sounds like you have template platforms. You know, let's say um, a presentation platform or a, a multi-person gaming one. But you're also saying there's private spaces where people can set up whatever scenario they want. So are the, are the two types of rooms or arenas or whatever you call them, alt spaces, available right now? Yeah, they are. You, in order to, so we have, we will like selectively feature events that either we're hosting, partners hosting, or users are hosting. So by default, uh, users can host um, sort of semi-public events and private events, but we will sort of like manually feature them. So there's a distinction on things that we're sort of considering that we're um, like advocating for or sort of sort of putting our brand behind. And then there's stuff that, that users are sort of either saying that they're private or that they want to share them with other users, uh, but there's sort of like deeper discovery methods to find that. Uh, and all those methods are sort of open and available at this time. Um, you know, if, if brands are interested in working with us, you know, we have a we have a wonderful business team that works with people to sort of have those more uh, publicized, you know, marketing pushes around different events. Uh, but just any uh, any user can go on there and create things right now. Yeah, you have people that want to do webinars, you know, group yep. presentations over the web, and uh, using this. Any examples there? Yeah, let me think about that. Um, we have. Can't, unfortunately, I can't companies, but there are companies that I know of that, that do use Altspace for a number of their meetings, and they use it for the reasons that you've talked about with, you know, using whiteboards and all that kind of stuff. I think as far as, like, public webinars, like, people, like, uh, usually I associate that, I, that concept with, like, somebody providing information to, like, a, a wider community. I'm trying to think. I don't know if I've seen a ton of that use case yet, but it's definitely something that I wouldn't be surprised if people start using it for. Okay. And it sounds like this definitely people need a demo to really understand it. Do you guys provide um like what you know, what's the cost to start using Altspace and are there demo yeah. rooms where you have it set up? Yeah, it's a great question. I always I always laugh, I think back on that quote uh from the Matrix, right? Can't tell you what the Matrix is, you have to see it for yourself. Um Exactly, yeah. Yeah. So Altspace is free um, and it's available on all those app stores. You know, the easiest way for people usually to check it out is, you know, if you don't have a VR headset, you can just go to altvr.com. That's A-L-T-V-R.com. And you can download the client on any sort of Windows or Mac laptop. That'll sort of give you a little bit of a taste of it. If you want to try the, the VR aspect out, you know, the easiest way is normally if you have an Android phone to go out and get one of these Staydream or Gear VR devices. I know that in a lot of major cities, they are starting to have these sort of VR arcades pop up or these sort of, I, I was just in San Francisco and I saw there was a, um, there was a truck driving around with a VR rig in the back that was giving people demos. So. There's lots of sort of different oh, wow. venues to try this stuff out, and it's sort of easy to acquire Altspace. You know, on any of these platforms, you just go in there and just search for, for Altspace VR. Any other um, things that have happened that surprised you, you know, in oh, a good or bad a, way? Or like you said, you yeah. had some pre- preconceived notions on how people would use this and interact. Any right. other surprises that you were like, oh, that's weird? Mm, let me think about that. The, you know, the, it's, it is constantly wild seeing the different things that people are using it for. Um, one of the things that I, oh, I can, I can, I can name one here that was pretty fun. Um, so one of the things that I, I personally spend a lot of time working with is 
we have our sort of our software development kit, and that's the way of building those uh, web-based applications that work in Altspace. And so we have a we have a biweekly meetup where people will come and show off the new applications that they've built. And every once in a while, there'll just be one where like I have just no clue how they managed to build it. Uh, we were in there one day, and someone was like, "He's like, okay, bear with me. This is like beta, but like let me try this out." And so we like load up the URL that he had. And he just walks over to the wall and reaches out his gra- his hands and just grabs the wall and starts like climbing up the wall. <laughs> and we're, we're looking oh. at each other. We're like, you can't do that. And also, how, how? And what he had done is he'd figured out that he we have APIs for like knowing the positions of your hand. Uh, and we also have hmm. APIs for creating sort of collidable objects. So you can make like walls and floors that people can't walk through. And so what he did is he was tracking the positions of your hand and placing an invisible floor beneath your feet. And he would raise up the invisible floor at the exact same rate that you were pulling down with your hand. And so he built this ability for you to climb around the environment. And so it was just, cool. it blew my mind. Yeah. So that's, wow. that's sort of constant surprise is the sort of ingenuity of a lot of the people building stuff for Altspace. <laughs> Have people made uh, YouTube videos of all space sessions? Can you record them and then you know use them later or wherever you want? They have, yeah. Uh, and so there's two ways that we can do recording. So people can use sort of normal screencasting software to uh, uh, post up to YouTube, uh, but we can also record uh, performance data. So if a uh, performer is you know, doing a, a comedy set or singing or whatever it might be, we can record their uh, sort of uh, body position, you know, sort of like how they're sort of uh, the gestures that they're making. And we can also record their voice. So we can play them back sort of as a hologram in virtual reality. So we'll do encores of those shows. Uh, but we'll, we people will also record YouTube videos. There's there's one that just came out that, um, what was it? It was, they. there's a Gorillaz music video that came out a few years back. And they like mm. recorded the exact same version of it using Altspace. So they're doing like a machinima sort of thing where they were using the engine and like the uh, the avatars and the environments and the items to, to recreate one of those videos. So yeah, definitely some some fun Pretty stuff cool. on YouTube. Yeah, it is. So what's the uh, what's your roadmap look like? You know, the next six months, next year or so. What what are you coming out with? What's next? Sure. So at a high level, the biggest things that we're working on is trying to make better and more powerful tools for people to uh, get their get their own content or get new content into alt space right so that's having having more control over creating these these spaces and these experiences building richer applications and games uh, and really facilitating the independent creation of these events so a lot of a lot of stuff you know we we try to help people you know uh, guide them through how to host the things and how to configure the stuff but we're really working very hard on making that thing more Anybody can sort of pick up and run a meetup or a, a lecture or a talk, uh, you know, with a with sort of the environment as they want it, you know, the stages set up as they want it, and the right pictures on the wall and all that kind of stuff. So that's one aspect. Okay. And then the second thing that we're working very hard on is, you know, making sure we have this very rich um, and sort of continuous lineup of events, right? So uh, growing our partnerships with, um, you know, all the companies that we work with, and really having the ability for you to drop into alt space and, and having some sort of nice, human-crafted, compelling experience going on at any point during the day. Are you seeing people who are getting sucked into uh, VR and on it all day, or is it is it not really like that? You know, it's it's funny because especially the, uh, I you know, I, I feel this myself, especially when you're in there talking with someone, the time will really fly. So every once in a while, I'll be developing an all day, and I'll run into a user, and we'll just start up a conversation, and then, you know, a couple hours will go by without even noticing it. Um, so, you know, there's an aspect of just like how you get lost in conversation in real life when you're in there with real people, uh, that, that will happen. 
Um, I think it's less, I'm sure there will be experiences where people sort of get sucked in, in a way that maybe, that, that maybe, you know, isn't the best. But I think the thing that is that in all space that we see is that it's these sort of rich social connections that are bringing people in, which is sort of like the opposite of what you normally expect with like getting sucked into like a, like a negative aspect of some kind of virtual world. Uh, but in this, it, it really seems very positive. Um, one of the things that we're, we're excited about is sort of how, how engaged people will stay with things. Um, oftentimes, you know, with different applications and games, it's uh, hard to people hard to get people to stick around for, you know, more than a few minutes. But in alt space, we see sort of very high session times, which is really exciting. That's great. All right. So last question: um, How can people uh, get alt space and start using it and seeing if they have the equipment to run it? You know, what's the best way for yep. them to start interacting with you guys? Definitely. So uh, it's altvr.com. Altvr.com. Uh, you can also just search for Altspace VR. Uh, it's A L T S P A C E, like the keyboard keys, Altspace, uh, in any of the major app stores. So that'll be Steam or Oculus or Google Play. Uh, you can find it, uh, make an account, and we'll see you in there. Well, very good. Well, Gavin, thank you for coming. I appreciate your time. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Great talking with you. The Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. You've been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, 